Down to Football with Sean McDonald, Colin Sommer, and Nick Palumba. Brought to you by WHIP. What is up, folks? It's Down to Football, and we're coming back at you with another episode. We really hope you enjoy. I mean, this is possible. We have our usual recap on uh, week 10 this time. We got our fantasy analysis. That's what's going um, We do have an extended version of our fantasy must-start, must-bench, and boom-boom-bust. We will not be here for Thanksgiving break, so we are going to do coverage for week 11 and 12. We're going to do the same thing for our locked-in picks and our upset picks week 11 and 12 once again. And instead of doing our contender-pretender segment or our most concerning and biggest risers, we're going to talk about teams that could be fading away and teams that are making major moves. So, again, I hope you enjoy, and we're going to talk about our recap. So, I really would like to talk about the Carolina Panthers and Pittsburgh Steelers game. What do you guys think? It was a very, very big blowout. Um, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, I think this just shows that, you know, despite his age, he's still very um, smart when it comes to staying in the pocket and everything like that. Um, I mean, Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, still great receivers. Um, I think just the Pittsburgh Steelers just came to play, and uh, they got and uh, Carolina just got beat down the field by toughness. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Connor looked great again. He didn't mm-hmm. have his typical um, like amazing night as usual. Um, he, he's usually putting up Jurassic numbers, but this week he didn't do it. I mean, he still he still averaged good yards per carry. He, he did get hurt though. Yeah, he did he go through concussion, concussion protocol. Concussion protocol, yeah. And he's questionable for week 11. So we'll see how that fares out. But with Carolina rising as a serious contender, it, is that concerning for Carolina getting blown out that badly? I I would say it is very concerning. Um, obviously, you know, the Steelers are going to be in the playoffs. You want to beat playoff caliber teams, um, you know, in preparation for your own postseason run. Um, obviously, different you know conferences but still um when you, you when you play like teams like the Steelers you know beating them it sh- it only proves your spot um but losing that badly uh on Thursday night primetime football um it's very concerning um when you have a defense you know letting up 52 points they look like an absolute joke the offense wasn't doing much Cam Newton threw, throws an interception only 193 yards um and you know none of the wide receivers doing anything uh, basically, the whole focal point of the Carolina offense was Christian McCaffrey scoring three touchdowns uh, himself. The kid's a stud when they feed him. Yeah, he, he really is. Um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know what went wrong. Um, I, I will say, though, that I, I think the reason why the Carolina Panthers lost was because their defense just couldn't stay off the field. I mean, like, they, they couldn't stop a single drive. It was almost like every mm-hmm. drive the Steelers would score. Um, they let Ben Roethlisberger uh, get 158 quarterback rating, which is absolutely absurd. He got five touchdowns, 300 yards throwing, um, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it's nothing yeah, I, to be said. It, it is concerning for the Panthers. Uh, there's no reason for the, that defense to perform that poorly because uh, if they want to compete in the playoffs, they defense wins championships in the end, and the offense can only do so much. Again, I do agree with you, Christian McCaffrey, Fantastic! He he had a great day. Uh, he basically made Cam Newton look good on his two passing touchdowns. Um, one thing I'd like to mention about the Steelers is that Le'Veon Bell is officially out for the season. He lost fourteen point five million dollars. Jeez. So clearly they're sticking with James Conner. Mm-hmm. Um, good for them. 
Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. He, you know, he's been through a lot. You know, he survived cancer. Mm-hmm. That you know, the whole story behind him's fantastic. And I don't think it even came down to the money anymore. I think from the Steelers pers- perspective, they have a great guy in James Conner. So why would they pay more money for a guy that's doing just as good, if not better, than Le'Veon Bell has done? Especially with Le- and then on Le'Veon Bell's hand, I think he was too scared to come back because if he got signed, one, he's not going to get signed for the money that he wants. No. Two, he's not going to get the snaps that he wants. Mm-hmm. As good as he is, there's no reason to diminish Connor's volume. A- absolutely not. If he underperforms, also that's the other thing. Like if he came back and was like, okay, like I'm ready to go. Like all right, I don't care about the money. I just want to go play. And then he still underperforms. Everyone's going to be on him because honestly, it's one of those things that like you want to go and like negotiate your contract and try to get more money, and then you come back and you're not as good as you were. I mean, you can't be doing that, especially with this Steelers organization. They don't uh, mess around with that kind of stuff. I feel. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, and personally, if I was a GM of any team. I would see no interest in signing Le'Veon Bell unless I, I had a ton of money. I the just the games he plays and how childish he acts about money. He acts as if millions of dollars is not enough for him. Mm-hmm. So a little disappointed in his decision. Um, you know, maybe he'll get signed in free agency. Obviously, he's not going to be playing, so he doesn't get hurt, injured. Um, he gets time to work out. So maybe a team will like him. Maybe the Colts, Jets, they're both in the running for him as of right now. So we'll see that how that fares out. But, yeah, that pretty much sums up the Carolina and Steelers game. Um, a game that I really want to talk about is the Titans absolutely destroying the Patriots. That was that insane. was crazy. Not oh expecting it. I kind of figured it would be a good game because mm-hmm. of last year in the playoffs. Um, Titans obviously couldn't compete with the Patriots. Patriots beat them. Um, after the Titans shockingly beat Kansas City on a comeback game. But um, – I knew since, you know, they played in the playoffs last year, it would be an interesting game. I'm assuming everyone thought the Patriots would just win, but uh, I guarantee this felt good for uh, Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Deion Lewis, all former Patriots, getting to play their former team and beating them by 24. Um, I saw a thing, Deion Lewis saying, well, yeah, hell yeah, it felt great. So just, you know, that's really good for them. What do you guys think? I think Mariota really came to play. Um, I mean, he had just an outstanding game. Um, you know, he he did very well. Uh, their defense, honestly, that was the biggest thing because that's the one thing you gotta worry about when you're playing the Patriots. Holding is, Tom Brady. Yes. Wow. Oh, and then also this is also a great thing. Uh, Mike Brabell. Brabel. Brabel. I cannot pronounce his last name, that's but right. he was a former Patriot. Uh, so he, you know, with Coach Belichick. Um, so I feel like this is just a big confidence boost for him. You know. Coach versus like a old player. He wanted to prove that hey, I can go toe to toe with probably one of the greatest NFL coaches that we have seen, and I think that you know he kind of proved it that he's like I'm not scared of the giant that you know helped me. He's like I'm ready to make this Titans organization something to be proud of. Now let's hope that the Titans organization doesn't do what they did last year and fire their head coach right after they make it to the playoffs for the first time in. How many years? Uh, it was a while. It was a while. So, yeah, And then you're like, oh, we made it. Let's get rid of our head coach. We need a culture change. Like, it made no sense. So hopefully they'll be smart enough that to stick with this guy because he can really take him places. And like I said, Mariota has actually blossomed into a very good quarterback. I think he has – Mariota has his ups and downs. I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's points in time where you see a lot of concerns with him, but there's other times you see, like, wow, this guy has a major upside. But – Personally, I feel like he's not the solution. I feel like they, 
you know, they bring in Corey Davis. You know, they don't you don't just waste the number five pick on a guy they don't think is going to be, you know, a surefire wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And Mariota just really hasn't found a connection with him. I know, I mean, against New England, Corey Davis absolutely dog-walked Stephon Gilmore. He, it was 125 yards and a touchdown, I believe. Yeah. Um, Stephon Gilmore has been pretty locked down all season, but, man, he made him look like a joke. So when you have a receiver that's capable of doing that, that needs to be a consistent thing from week to week. Okay, maybe not putting up those same exact numbers, but it, if you know a little bit close to it, but you know getting the touchdown, maybe like seventy-five yards a week. It, it's a lot to expect, but when you're like I said, a fifth overall pick, that those are the expectations you have, and I feel like it's not really on Corey Davis right now. I feel like it's more so on Mariota. So if Mariota can continue to perform well, I think that really boosts Corey Davis's value, and he could easily blossom into a very good number one wideout. Um, my favorite game that I like to talk about outside of New England and Tennessee, um, great divisional game. We had the Rams versus Seahawks. Um, kind of hoped the Seahawks would pull out an upset. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows how good the Rams are. Obviously didn't go in favor of what I wanted or what a lot of people wanted. Mm-hmm. But um, It's a close game. It's a very close game. I, I look at this game. And, yes, the Rams put up 36, but they continuously allow a ton of points every week. Mm-hmm. That's really concerning. W- what do you guys think? I mean, their defense just has serious problems. Um, I think it comes also to the fact that their defensive line does not create enough pressure on the quarterbacks that they play. I really think that's a big thing because, yes, like um, cornerbacks and safety and linebackers really matter in the passing game, but if you're not like putting pressure on that quarterback defensive line – yeah, I mean, you're not going to win games, honestly. Well, I mean, Aaron Donald is leading the league in sacks right now. He, he does have 12.5 sacks already this season shoot, through yeah, 10 man. games. And, and to be fair, they did sack Russell Wilson four times, which is pretty decent. But they still allowed 31 points. Mm. They that, did. You know, we saw it last week with the Saints. The Saints, they're a team that they would most likely see in the playoffs. And if they're not able to at least some, make some major stops against a really high-powered offense that the Saints have, or, you know, even if they made the Super Bowl and then they played the Chiefs or the Patriots, they're both high-tier offenses. If you're unable to make key stops, then you don't deserve the right to win. They obviously clearly deserve the win against the Seahawks because they were able to hold them in the very last possession. But you need to do this on a weekly basis. Allowing 30-plus points a game, that's not going to cut it. It's not. The offense can do really good. And, and Cooper Cup's out for the season. He has a torn ACL. Yeah, so yeah, that's no. a major asset. I know Sean McVay's hoping Josh Reynolds can, you know, step up as a uh, good receiver, but I don't think he can, can replicate what uh, Cooper Cup does. So we'll see how he fares out. But 31 points to the Seahawks, that's the second time they've let up 30-plus points to the Seahawks this season. Okay, yeah. yeah, obviously they don't – they 2-0 and them. They swept them this year, but – and they don't see him again, but – the Seahawks aren't really a serious playoff threat. No. And if they're only beating a team like that by five, it's very concerning. So they need to really tighten up some things. they got to get Akib Talib back. Uh, Marcus Peters really needs to fix what he's doing because he's getting burned on a consistent basis. So, you know, we'll see what Sean McVay and we'll see what the defensive coordinator have in mind. But as of right now, they're not really – they're not holding teams to small points. So it's, you know, end up being a shootout every week. So mm-hmm. – you know, they kind of just rely way too much on the offense. But yeah. I mean, during during the regular season, like, you know, games like that, that's good. I mean, I, I always like watching shootouts. Um, you know, teams like, you know, battling out there during the regular season. 
As soon as you get into playoffs, though, that's a problem. All right, there's not you don't want to shoot out in playoffs. You just want to beat your opponent to the ground, especially like from the defensive side of the ball. So this is very this is yes, it's kind of concerning now in regular season, but the fact that the Rams have been doing so well and are very much like in contention for the playoffs, it's like it's very concerning to see how they'll fare in playoffs against teams that can really show them what's like what's going to happen. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, moving on from that, we got our last game, uh, the Cowboys and Eagles. Nick, I hate to bring it up. I don't want to talk. I know. <laughs> it, it's, a rough, it's a rough game for Eagles fans. Yeah. Um, coming off a giant Super Bowl win, uh, and they're having a rough – they're having a great, uh, you know, post-Super Bowl slump. So yeah. it's still possible for them to get back into things. But this is a, this is a long-term rivalry. This is one of the, big, one of the NFL's biggest rivalries. So it's one of those, like I said, those rivalry, rivalries that tend to split every year one-on-one. You know, it's never like, oh, the Eagles sweep the Cowboys or the Cowboys sweep the Eagles. Uh, when, they, when they play again, this is their first matchup, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so when they play again, I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles beat the Cowboys. That would really be big for them, but they got destroyed by Zeke. Yeah, man. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to bring it up for the sake of Nick. But crying. it's a crying. game we need to talk about because <laughs> this is slowly pushing the Eagles out of playoff contention. Because the Redskins, they didn't have a really commanding win. They had a 16 to 3 win over the Buccaneers, but mm-hmm. it couldn't be the the Eagles couldn't beat the Cowboys. So that's one game down for them and one plus for the Redskins. So they're st- I'm starting to see some separation. It, it's still possible for them to make the playoffs. Whether it's wild card and they make a fantastic turnaround, you know, manage to top. top the, the division, but mm-hmm. as of right now, it's what what is going on in Philly? Uh, good question, man. I don't even know anymore. But it's one of those things that you're right. I think really wild card is our only shot in the playoffs right now. I really, I mean, it's not looking good for our division, but I feel if we can really pull something out the next couple games, we are in good spot for the play or for the uh, wild card. That being said, what is going on in Philly is that our defense is terrible, and Jim Swartz is to blame, in my opinion. I think this guy is a terrible defensive coordinator. When's he going to learn the appropriate oh. times to blitz? He, he's too scared anymore. to. But those are the that's the dice you have to roll. Like you have to find whether it's first down, second down, third down. You have to show that you're willing to attack him mm-hmm. right away. But he tends to never do this. And it's not like he doesn't have weapons. I would understand if he, we did not have a very strong defensive line and he was hesitant and he wanted more people in, in the uh, at, at linebacker and like he wanted to defend the uh, pass game more. But we have amazing defensive linemen. Cox, Long. Uh, yeah, Barnett's out for the Barnett, season. And yeah. uh, just a note, number one starting cornerback Ronald Darby is also out for the season with a torn ACL. Really? So, yeah, sure. um, that came out either today or yesterday. But now that that's that's a problem because Darby has been really well, – he's done super well this season, whether it's coverage, tackling. He, he's done a great job. Mm-hmm. But to turn – the number one cornerback spot over to Jalen Mills. That's not good. That's not good at all. No. Um, you know, at this point in the season, it's really going to be hard to ask people to step up. Roswell Douglas, they're, I don't understand why they're so shaky with him. He's a ball hawk. He's got great hand-eye coordination. He has great skills. Mm-hmm. He doesn't draw too many penalties. 
I, they need to let him loose. He does a great job in coverage. I think they drafted Sidney Jones. Um, he was a first-round talent, obviously, and, you know, got drafted in the second round due to the torn Achilles. But they need to use him more. It's almost like they're hesitant to use these players because they were so confident in their guys like Darby and, for some reason, Jalen Mills. But I think, personally, I think they should bench Mills for a game, give these guys, especially being a 4-5 and five team, they need to try something new. They do. I think honestly, like people are, it's the Super Bowl, honestly, because like I think the players have moved past it. Jim Schwartz has not moved past the Super Bowl. This is his crown jewel, and he's going to stick with his guys, and he's going to be like, these are my boys. I'm going to put them out there, and they're going to do great, just like last season. They don't have it. They don't. Jalen Mills does not have what it takes. He didn't have it last season really that much. He had a couple big plays last season, but that was about it. He wasn't making plays every single like play. So it's one of those things that they do need to try something new, and um. I think that starts by getting rid of Schwartz. I think he is terrible. And so I, it's a bold statement. Um, after a great defensive season last year, mm-hmm. um, we'll see how the Eagles turn around. It's really concerning, but uh, yeah. So moving on, fantasy analysis. Uh, we got our quarterbacks to start. For quarterback, I had uh, Russell Wilson had a. He didn't um, throw for a lot of yards. The 176, 17 out of 26. Um, but three touchdowns, that's pretty good. But his rushing yards, 92 rushing yards, which is insane for a quarterback, I think. I mean, yeah, they had a tough loss, but uh, he had a pretty good game, and um, especially for fantasy points. So he was a good uh, player this week. Uh, other guy was Big Ben. I mean, you just look at the magnitude pretty much. I mean, 22 for 25, 328 yards, five touchdowns. That's just insane. It just proves that like he can still throw the ball. That's pretty much it. Um, you know, despite old age. So he had a really big week, though. Yeah, definitely for sure. Sean, please tell me who you All right, so I'm covered foc- this week. Oh. No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm focusing on uh, running backs this week. I want to talk about uh, specifically uh, Rashad Penny uh, against the Rams. 12 rushes, 108 yards, touchdown. Um, kind of came out of the woodworks there. Uh, the rookie had a, a fantastic breakout game. Um, I, I honestly wish they ran him a bit more than 12. Uh, but, yeah, he showed up the Rams pretty well now Sean let me ask you a quick question would you say he's a fantasy pickup this week yeah for sure why well like a waiver wire pickup yeah, yeah um okay. yeah they'll they'll I think they'll be looking for him to take the lead role of running back personally yeah I, no, um, I agree with that so I, I I think you know he's definitely on the waiver wire um I don't know if much people are actually having him right now but um yeah if you can for sure get him um they have pretty good amount of decent matchups ahead and um i actually really liked him coming out of college not a lot of people talked about rashad penny but he was he from arizona state right mm-hmm. i'm almost positive yeah he I, I i always thought he was a solid draft pick um a lot of teams they like, overshadowed him obviously you know because there were they're big pretty big names and running back um this year but were you shocked he was taken in the first round or do you think he he deserved to be taken in the oh first round? for sure i think he was deserved to be taken in the first round um, he's not, again, he's not a big, big, big name, um, for that draft class, but for sure he, I, I always saw him as something, um, a little bit special. I felt he was a bit overshadowed. Um, but yeah, so hopefully he, uh, comes back and does well again, um, and more than 12 rushes. And then on the other side, I want to talk about Nick Chubb, uh, for the Browns against the Falcons, uh, 20 rushes, 176 yards, one touchdown. Three receptions, 33 yards, and another touchdown receiving. Um, he balled out against the Falcons. The Falcons, unfortunately, is, I somehow 
lost to the Browns in pretty decisive fashion. Um, yeah, he absolutely tore it up. Falcons defense. Um, so yeah, that was fantastic by him. Yeah, as good as Nick Chubb or as good as Saquon Barkley is, and you know during the draft him getting a lot of hype, he obviously got taken second overall for a reason by the Giants. Taking Baker Mayfield one overall and then waiting late in the draft to take somebody as talented as Nick Chubb, it has panned out so well for them. Very well. hundred. I, I think that was a great move by them. They've obviously had problems, you know, drafting in previous years, but I think I think they nailed it this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they, their draft their draft class was uh, very very good. Uh, we're not used to seeing that with the Browns, obviously. Definitely not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, no, two great picks. Um, and yeah, I think Nick Chubb is definitely a real deal. He'll sh- he should be there for a good amount of time, assuming you know um, he keeps balling out like this. But uh, yeah, that's my uh, take. Yeah, his his big play potential. I, I love it. It's it's a good reason to start him every week. But it, uh, it's definitely a good thing for the Browns. Um, they haven't really had a surefire running back in a while. Isaiah Crowell was kind of mediocre, but I think Nick Chubb's their guy. And I think Duke Johnson as a backup and a guy just to split into the backfield and uh, you know split him out wide. Um, you know, a wide receiver set. I think it's a good combination. Um, I think we'll, we'll see that for years to come. Browns, they're improving. They yeah. are. They're improving. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as it goes for wide receivers, Allen Robinson, he's finally healthy. And when he's healthy, he is so dominant. They, You know, the Bears bring him, bring him in for a reason out of Jacksonville. Um, you know, like I said, he had a couple of injuries. But now that he's finally healthy, eight targets, solid amount, six receptions. That's 75% catch percentage for the day. He had 133 yards and two touchdowns. Now, that, that's marvelous. I love to see that out of him. He was an absolute monster with Blake Bortles the first season in uh, Jacksonville. After that, kind of, you know, decreased his value because Blake Bortles wasn't very good. But this is exactly why the Bears brought him in because they see his potential. And the other person I'd like to talk about, mentioned earlier, we got Corey Davis. Um, yeah, he, he made Stephon Gilmore look like a joke. Um, he had seven receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and a blowout win. Um, I'd like to see Corey Davis doing this because a lot of people were a bit skeptical when he got drafted fifth overall. Uh, they weren't sure, you know, exactly how he would do coming from, like, a, a, a not very big college. But if Mariota can get a good connection with him, this guy's an animal. So definitely, if he's on the waiver wire, not really sure if he is right now. But if he is, try and pick him up. Um, if, trade, if your trade deadline in your fantasy league is still open, definitely try and get him for the low because he could be a big asset to your fantasy team in the playoffs. Uh, moving on, I'm going to continue with the fantasy must-start, must-bench, and boomer bust. Um, so my must-start this week is actually Alshon Jeffrey. He got locked up for the past two weeks. He got locked up against Jacksonville, and he got locked up against Dallas. Um, New Orleans, they let up a lot of yards all the time. They let up scores a lot, too. Uh, I don't like to say that, but it's the truth. Um, this could be a really big spot for Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I'm thinking he might get a touchdown. I, I think he could easily get over 100 yards. Um, Carson Wentz, they have a great chemistry together. Uh, Jeffrey's volume last year wasn't very high, but this year um, when he's playing, it's it's much higher. So I like to see that out of him. Um, I think you know he's got you know room to grow with Carson Wentz, but I think this week could easily be a blow-up week for him. Um, my must bench, though, is Calvin Ridley versus Dallas. Like I said about Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas locked him up pretty well last week. Um, I know Dallas is going to focus on double coverage against Julio Jones because we all know how good he is, but I think they'll still lock up Calvin Ridley. Um, he's a fantastic receiver, but I would just bench him this week. All signs point to that. 
Um, and then in terms of boom or bust, I have Sterling Shepard against Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense is really bad, and Sterling Shepard is either there or not. But it their defense is bad enough to the point where Sterling Shepard could easily blow up for 100-plus yards and a touchdown. But Eli Manning, you know, decreases his value so he could easily bust for, you know, some, like, 30, three receptions for only, like, 30 yards. So if you're willing to risk playing him, I would suggest in a flex spot. Um, but, yeah, that's my boom or bust. Uh, Sean? Um, yeah, so with running backs, um, yeah, so I want to start with uh, running back David Johnson. Uh, he uh, pretty much mauled the Kansas City defense with uh, 98 rushing yards, a touchdown, seven receptions of his own, 85 yards there, uh, and a receiving touchdown uh, to cap it off. Uh, he comes back this week playing the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he's an opportunity to ball out this week against pretty, pretty bad defense. Uh, while the huge day could be attributed to a great matchup in Kansas City, a uh, defense who's given up a lot of yards and uh, points. Um, it's the Ushes that um, should really excite David Johnson owners because this is a game where we kind of saw him um, blow up. Um, he's had pretty average games uh, this year, and it was kind of it's been kind of disappointing, um, especially because he's he is a potential like first round pick in all fantasy leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so he saw nine targets uh, receiving this game. Um, which is pretty nice. Um, so that's something to be excited about, especially if you're in your PPR. Um, but yeah, he has now has four games with at least four catches, and uh, half of them have come in the past two weeks. Um, so I think your first round pick has returned. Um, I think this is a fantastic uh, performance, and I think he can easily build it back up playing a pretty bad uh, Raiders team. Um, so I would start him. Uh, bench, uh, Dalvin Cook against the uh, Bears. Uh, with one of the best run defenses in the league, the Bears will look to slow down Dalvin, um, who's had a pretty average fantasy year this f- far. Actually, probably below average, I should say. Um, he hasn't played much, and when he has, he hasn't done anything, really. Uh, he's yet to score a touchdown in three years in the three games he's played this year, which is obviously not good if you're in standard leagues, but it's fair to mention that um, he's been f- doing fairly well in receiving department uh, for PPR fantasy players. Uh, I wouldn't rely on him, though, this week. Um, I'm sure you have much better options than Dalvin Cook to start in uh, running back. Um, he has potential to come back and uh, show what he uh, did last year before he got hurt, um, but I would need to see more improvement before I would trust him. Um, so, yeah, I would bench him. Uh, boomer bust, I want to talk about Aaron Jones against the Seahawks on Week 11. Uh, the Packers seem to be using uh, Jones a lot more. Uh, the Packers are also seemingly using the running game a bit more, trying to uh, lay off of um, having Ro- uh, Rodgers throw, like, 50 passes a game. Um, so he's coming off a 145-yard uh, rushing game, uh, two touchdowns with three receptions, 27 yards against Miami. Uh, he's bounced back the past couple of weeks against teams like the Rams and Patriots, getting 75 yards and 86 yards with the touchdown in those two games. Um and he'll look to keep the ball moving against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But to be fair, it's a pretty difficult matchup. Um, so, you know, it's nice to see them using him a bit more and this past matchup. Uh, but this upcoming week, it could be a bit difficult to trust him. But I would, if you want to, um, put him in the flex. Boomer bust, he might do well, um, or he might be a bust. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it really just matters whether they feed him more. Um you know, Jamal Murray, Mur- uh, Jamal Murray, Jamal Williams is a little bit, he's coming out of the mix now. You know, Mike McCarthy liked him because of his passing role. But um, now that he's starting to become lesser, um, 
less value in that offense. Uh, it's opening up a big spot for Aaron Jones. And I do believe I saw Aaron Rodgers had said something about Aaron Jones today about actually giving him the ball more. So that definitely could open up a potential another breakout game for him. Um, he's been averaging great yards per season, so I really, really like that pick because of his potential, but then he also has a low floor, so that's a great pick, Sean. Uh, Nick? Um, for QBs, uh, the main guy you want to start is Marcus Mariota for me. Um, he has been a little inconsistent throughout this season, but they are playing Indianapolis this week, so I really think he's going to be a good pick for everyone. Um, I really don't think a lot of people see him coming up this week, um, but coming off of uh, New England and having a great game there, and he also had a great game against Dallas. I think that he can come out and really just dominate over the Colts. Um, for my bench player, though, I have Alex Smith. Uh, Smith had an all right week. I mean, he wasn't too great, but I really think it's going to come down to uh, how it plays out with the defense. I mean, Houston has one of the best defenses right now in the league. Um, Alex Smith has had low you know points lately um you know he hasn't really been performing all that well he hasn't even he's only broken three over 300 yards once this season um he hasn't really gotten many touchdowns so i think he's really not going to help out especially a lot this week um i'm seeing a lot of sacks and fumbles especially uh for boomer bust i mean it's mr boomer bust at this point it's fitz magic uh ryan fitzpatrick is just i don't know I mean, maybe I'm a little tired of talking about this guy, but you just look at him. I mean, he didn't score any touchdowns this past week. None. But he had 406 yards. Like, that's just crazy to get that amount of yards. I mean, they're playing the New York Giants this coming up week, so it's one of those things where the defense isn't always that great. So maybe he'll shine. Maybe hopefully under, like... He does sometimes. I don't know with this guy anymore, but that, 406 yards is insane. That's his fourth time throwing over 400 yards this season. Yeah, I don't know what to think about this guy anymore. Like, literally, I, his name now is Mr. Boomer Bus at this point because this is the third week we talked about him, especially in this kind of position. He has a pretty good matchup, though, with the Giants. It, he does. It could be a pretty interesting game to watch mm-hmm. um, if you want to see, like, a pretty close matchup. Um, both pretty bad teams, but uh, both offenses... That I mean, I think I think the Tampa Bay offense though leads like um, all offenses in like uh, total yards, right? Well, yeah, I think that's uh, due to Fitzpatrick's yeah, mega beginning. start at the yeah, beginning of the start. season, and um, hasn't really been the same, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, I honestly hated the hype about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the beginning of the season. Oh, they might actually win the division. I really had every single doubt against that. I, they're not a legitimate team. No. Um, you can't really trust Jameis Winston as your starter. You can't really trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. Both are capable of showing flashes, but then both are capable of showing you what you don't want in a quarterback. So, yeah, he Ryan Fitzpatrick, definitely a boomer bust. But, Nick, I'm going to ask you to continue because I would like to also hear your week 12 quarterback picks. Okay, week 12 is uh – Mr. Dangerous himself, Baker Mayfield, he said that he woke up last week and he just felt dangerous against Atlanta, um, and he did very well. I mean, he's been doing pretty well this whole season, actually. Um, he's found his you know, little pockets of greatness. Um, uh, so I think he's you know obviously worth the first-round draft pick at this point. But they are playing Cincinnati, so I think that this is a really good time for him to shine. 
Um, yeah, I think he's just a good quarterback overall. And uh, if he wakes up feeling dangerous again, we'll see him uh, perform. I just love that line. I want to get that on a T-shirt, man. <laughs> but um, And then my, my bench, though, for Week 12 is uh, Blake Bortles. He has been having on and off games like usual. Um, week 12, they are playing Buffalo. Um, but I think he's just, I don't know, he's just very wishy-washy. I think that um, the way he plays is not going to fare well for maybe the rest of this season. Um, I mean, we'll also have to see how he comes off of Pittsburgh, if they, how, you know, if they get beat real bad. You know, that always has an effect on a team coming into the next week. Um, maybe he'll come out and, and destroy. Maybe. I, th- I really don't think so, though. I think this guy has really no juice left in him I think he really showed what he was worth last season but this season it just hasn't been the same yeah Blake Bortles definitely a disappointment at this point in his career mm-hmm. um, definitely not a reliable fantasy starter unless you know you're extremely desperate at this point for a uh, starter whether you have somebody on the bye whether your other quarterback got injured you know some case like that but Bortles just not getting it done Nick uh, then the boomer bust is uh, Nick Mullins, the guy that came out of nowhere. Um, this guy, he had a all right game against the New York Giants. I mean, it wasn't anything special. Um, 250 yards, one touchdown, he had two interceptions. I mean, y- you can't expect a lot because this is his second ever NFL game, and he just came in midway through the season. So it's like, you know, maybe he's performing the way he should, especially with the you know, cards he's been dealt with this team. Uh, they are playing Tampa Bay, which is a uh, pretty solid defense, actually. So it's one of those things that maybe he'll just go out there and he'll show them what he really has to offer. Um, hopefully uh, Kittle will be out there to uh, help him out a little bit. But um, I think he's, yeah, it just depends on how, um, you know, he takes a bye week this week uh, in week 11, but then week 12, um He's well rested. I feel like he can really uh, shine. So that's my boomer bust. Yeah, definitely just thrown into a role. Um, I'm sure they didn't really expect too too much out of him, but he's definitely exceeded expectations thus far. Um, definitely not counting on him to be the starter next season. He could possibly move up into the backup quarterback slot ahead of C.J. Beathard. Um, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to take the quarterback role again sure. next season for sure. Yeah. But um, he's not he's not a bad. Uh, uh, two quarterback set if you're in a league with a two quarterback set it's not very likely but sometimes there are people who do the two quarterback league um, he's definitely a decent second starter but um, expect him to be boomer boss I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect too much but it's possible he could do good in his next game Sean yeah so um, my week till uh, start of the week is Leonard Fournette against the Bills um, so after dealing with an injury and uh struggling to perform uh, this season so far. On uh, week 10, Leonard came out and uh, finally showed uh, the Leonard Fournette that we saw last year. Um, Rushed 24 times uh, against Indianapolis, uh, gaining 53 yards, one touchdown, five receptions, 56 yards, so pretty solid game. Oh, and he also got a touchdown uh, receiving as well, so pretty solid there. Uh, Now, Warrant, this was against a pretty um, interesting Colts run defense, Uh, and he has... um, is an interesting matchup against the Steelers, who um, Christian McCaffrey just annihilated. Um, but they're t- statistically speaking, they're still a really good run defense. Yeah, well, Leonard Fournette, known you know for his ground and pound game style, yeah. um, Christian McCaffrey was easily able to beat him. You know, with outside carries and nice yeah. passes to the outside. 
if Leonard Fournette can expand into a an even better receiving running back, which nobody really expected out of him, but it's something that he really, truly wanted to work on this offseason. If he can continue racking up receptions, it's good for PPR, but um, his receptions definitely make up for a poor you know, rushing performance. He didn't... He, Barely averaged two yards per carry, but you know he definitely he's always touchdown dependent. Um, you can always count on him getting a touchdown, whether he's on the one yard line or anywhere inside the five yard line. Um, but yeah, I, I love I love the receiving aspect to him because it definitely makes up for um, poor rushing performances. So yeah, yeah, five receptions, fifty six yards receiving the and a touchdown. That's pretty good for what you just uh, stated. Um, but he appears to be pretty healthy moving forward. Uh, strive to make his presence known against the Steelers playing the Bills uh, this time around. Um, I think that, you know, uh, he has potential to uh, come back and uh, grind it out. Uh, the Bills are not a great run defense. Um, so I think this is just another opportunity to, um, you know, take advantage of a healthy Leonard Fournette um, and assuming he goes forward and keeps playing like he just did. Going to sit, uh, I wanted to sit uh, Sonny Michel uh, of the New England Patriots. Uh, against the New York Jets. Um, we're not seeing the same Sony Michelle we saw uh, weeks four through six. Uh, Warren, he did get hurt, but he came back against Tennessee, did absolutely nothing. Um, only 30 yard, uh, 31 yards rushing on 11 attempts. Um, they do have a bye, so hopefully he will get some reps in practice, um, kind of get back um, to where he was. Um, but I, w- I would just bench him against the Jets. Um, he might have a great game. Um, but uh, I, I would just want to make sure that he's healthy before um, he comes back grinding like he did early in the season. And uh, he de- for sure has potential to be that uh, again. But um, I would just wait it a little bit. And then my boomer bust, uh, I got Karrion Johnson against the Bears. Uh, Karrion has already played against the Bears uh, week 10. Um, he performed pretty well then, uh, gaining 51 uh, rushing yards, one touchdown, six catches, 38 yards and another touchdown um so he has had a pretty decent fantasy campaign thus far um he ranks middle in the pack though um running back wise in the league um he's but he is the clear lead back in detroit um he's very versatile and that has been on full display this past um few weeks um so i don't be surprised to uh see him play chicago again and ball out um like he did the first time but also don't be surprised if a very good Bears defense figures things out this time and uh, forces them back to uh, being um, just a middle-ranked um, running back. So Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I do think he's exceeding expectations out of Detroit. Um, they haven't really had a great running back in a long time. No. Um, but in terms of fantasy, he's definitely middle of the pack. But in terms of real-life football, he's definitely doing a very good job. But um, for wide receivers in Week 12, my must-start is Tyler Lockett against Carolina. Um, I like this matchup. Um, I do think Bradbury is a very good cornerback, but I think Tyler Lockett will get the best of him in this matchup. Um, I think it's more so going to be a shootout rather than a low-scoring low game. Um, I don't think either defense – I think Carolina's defense has its moments, but, again, they just got blown out by the Steelers, so I wouldn't expect them you know, to thrive on defense. And same goes for Seattle. Uh, Carolina's offense can be very elite at times, so definitely a high-scoring game. Um, Seattle locked up Ty Lockett to a three-year deal. Definitely become um, Russell Wilson's number one receiver. So I think he's only going to improve here on out. Um, 
my must bench is Marvin Jones versus Chicago. Um, I don't really trust any middle tier receiver against Chicago. I think Chicago's defense is mildly underrated. Um, they still don't get the respect they deserve. They have a very, very good pass rush, and they have a very solid secondary. Um, even with Golden Tate in Philly now and Marvin Jones getting an expanded role, uh, I would not start him. I don't see him putting up drastic numbers. Um, definitely keep him on the bench this week. And my boomer bust is going to be uh, Demarius Thomas versus Tennessee. Um, Tennessee has done decently well against wide receivers, but I think with Deshaun Watson and you know just how electrifying he is, I think Demarius Thomas could have a blow-up game. Um, a couple of people are saying maybe, okay, he could get a blow-up game this week against the Redskins, but I don't see it quite yet because I don't think the Deshaun Watson-Thomas connection is quite there yet. But I think when um, Tennessee comes into Houston to play Houston at home, um, I think Demarius Thomas could either blow up or kind of fall down. So it just all really depends on how the connection is with uh, him and uh, Deshaun Watson. So he's definitely worth a start, possibly your second wide receiver slot, maybe your flex. Um all depending on who your wide receivers are. But he's definitely an interesting pick for this week. Um, I like his odds, but then again, his floor is very low. So we'll see what happens. Um, moving on, we got our locked-in upset picks. We're going to start with week 11. Sean, I'd like you to start. Uh, yeah, so I have a wild pick here. Um, not saying it's going to happen, but that is the whole reason why it's called an upset. Um, I actually have the Philadelphia Eagles over the New Orleans Saints. Um, it's a very wide margin in terms of odds. Um, the, uh, in terms of odds, the Eagles have no chance winning this game. Um, I will say, if you're the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, this this is it. This, this is it right here. You're going to New Orleans. All right. You're playing a 425 game against an eight and one like juggernaut. Your back is absolutely against the wall. You need to win this game. And you know what? I think. Carson Wentz gonna have a nice pump up talk in the tunnel. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a little close. I will say that. Um, sounds ridiculous. I know. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but but I will say, this is this is as good as it's gonna get for the Eagles. Um, if they have a very tough schedule actually coming up after this play, play New York, Washington, Dallas, uh, the Rams, Houston, Washington again. It's not an easy road coming up. Um, so if they even want to maybe snatch a wild card spot, you start right here. Because um, if you lose, it's over. Um, that being said, the Saints are obviously the best team in the NFL. Um, don't be surprised if this this uh, gets out of hand. But I will say um, it would be it would be a great 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 win for the Eagles. And you know, it, it's it's the NFL. Anything can happen. We've seen some crazy stuff. Colin, you know what I'm talking about. Any team can win on any, any given day. Any team can win on I'm any given I, day. I'm not going to go against your pick because I'm very aware that any team can lose at any point in the season. Yeah. And I, me being in New Orleans next week for this game, I'd be mildly disappointed if they lost. But in terms of the Eagles trying to get back into it this season, I do agree. This is it for them. They need to win this game. So uh, that's my upset. Um, don't quote me. Don't at me. Uh, locked in, I got the Steelers over the Jags. The Jaguars are probably the biggest disappointment in the NFL this season. Um, a lot of people saw them maybe taking over the AFC or being uh, at least you know one of the bigger names in the AFC. Um, pretty decent record, but um, they just lost a, a terrible game 
to the Colts. So I, I their season's over. I think they're what are they three and six now? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure three and six. Um. So yeah, this is it for them. Um. I I think their season's over. The Steelers just steamrolled a very good Panthers team. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I think the uh, Steelers gonna come back this week and uh, pretty much steamroll an uh, even worse Jaguars team. So that's my locked in pick. All right, Nick. Uh, for week 11, I have the Chargers over the Broncos um, for my locked-in. Um, I mean, the Chargers, I feel, are just slept on in this league. Um, I mean, Philip Rivers is just doing amazing. Uh, Keenan Allen, I mean, this the whole team has just been performing very well. But no one in the league really has given them much credit. I mean, maybe that's just because of their schedule or whatever. But, I, I mean, these guys are just pretty dominant lately. One thing I noticed... Not to cut you off, no but in a lot of people's power rankings, for some odd reason, at least to me it's odd, I don't believe the Patriots nor the Steelers should be ahead of the Chargers in the power rankings. I think I'm completely on the Chargers hype train right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's any slowing down Melvin Gordon. He's no. an absolute tank. Uh, Keenan Allen, he's due for some positive regression. He did it last season where he's... Started out hot, slowed down towards the middle of the season, and just picked it up at the end. So he's definitely due. Um, there's just so many assets to the offense, and, and not even to mention the defense. The defense is performing so outstanding. Uh, I, I love the Chargers right now. I, I really am on this hype train. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, for my upset for Week 11, though, I have the Colts over the Titans. Again, the Titans have been doing very well lately. Um, Colts have not. So it's one of those things that if Andrew Luck can really uh, step it up, I think uh, the Colts can beat the Titans. But uh, it will definitely be a close game if it comes down to that, though. Uh, it's going to be a real shootout, which will be fun to watch. But, um, I mean, the Colts just really got to, you know, maybe knock off the Titans. I mean, the Titans do have a chance for playoffs, so it's just one of those things that just could, like, throw a wrench in there. Um, but we'll have to see on that. All right. As far as it goes from my picks, I have the my locked in is actually the Texans beating the NFC East division leader as of right now. Okay. Um, I think the Redskins against a very poor, poor Buccaneers team only dropped 16 points, and, and they're a horrible defense down there in Tampa Bay. That, that game started out pretty slow too, and, and it remained slow. It, it never really picked up at any point. I mean, yes, a touchdown was thrown eventually, but outside of that, a very mediocre game. Um, I think the Texans are too, you know, offensively talented for that. Their defense, you know, they get the hype every year. They tend to, you know, not exceed expectations. But this year, man, they, they look great this year. Signing Tyron Matthew, that's a, that was a great pickup by them for a very cheap price. I, I just foresee the Texans absolutely blowing out the Redskins this week. Even though the Redskins are at home, I just I, – there's no way they're winning this game in my opinion. And my upset uh, – I think it was you who said the Steelers would beat. Th- who said the Steelers would beat the uh, Jaguars? No, is that you, me. Sean? Yeah, 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 I have the complete opposite. Really, you have the I Jaguars do. beating the Steelers. And as far-fetched as this seems, I think Ben Roethlisberger is going down to Jacksonville, and he's going to step on that field, and he's going to get some bad memories, as we all know. Last year, he threw five picks, and then right after that game, he was like, "Well, you know what? Maybe I don't have that much gas left in the You're tank." You're not wrong. So. You're not wrong. When he steps on that field, maybe he gets a little bit of flashback. I'm not really sure, but uh, the Jaguars are due. Um, you know, they're on a losing streak right now. They're playing very poorly. I think we can all agree on that. But 
would I be shocked if they upset the Steelers? I would not. I would not be shocked. Um, I'm going to continue into Week 12. My locked-in pick in Week 12 is actually the Eagles beating the Giants. I think in order to, for the Eagles to turn around, obviously, the game against the Saints this week, it, it's huge. But there's no reason for them to not beat the Giants. The Giants beat San Francisco, but whoop-de-doo, that's not a huge accomplishment for them. I think the Eagles could easily blow out the Giants, especially in a home matchup. Um, I would definitely look for that to happen. I don't think the Giants are going anywhere. Um, and my upset is actually the Seahawks beating the Panthers. I only say this because Seattle continuously puts up good points each week. But, you know, like they put up great points against the Rams, but it was just that the Rams' offense was too good and where they were able to outscore them. But the Panthers' offense gets shaky at times. So if the Seattle defense can step up and the Seattle offense can continue to thrive, I could easily see them beating the Panthers in Week 12. Yeah, the Panthers' defense for sure has to wake up if they want to keep pace with the Seahawks, who are you know scoring tons of points each week. Um, and, yeah, I, I totally agree. I can definitely see this one being a, a win for uh, – the um, Seahawks, but uh, yeah, I see it. Okay, uh, Nick, don't agree with it, but <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, for Week Twelve, I got my locked in. I got the Bears uh, over the Lions. Uh, I mean, these guys have just been pretty dominant all year. I mean, I think it was a little bit of a surprise, but uh, Mitchell Trubisky really just kind of stepped up and uh, has really kind of carried this team. I mean, they definitely have good running backs and receivers, but I mean, I think Trubisky is really the full force of this Bears team. And the Lions, I mean. I mean, there's not a lot. Stafford, yeah, has been very, you know, good, I guess. But, like, other than that, I mean, I really don't see the Lions coming out and, you know, giving the Bears a run for their money. I, I don't know how heavy-handed it will be, but I think the Bears will come away with this pretty easily. Um, for my upset, though, I got the Raiders over the Ravens. Um, I, I don't, The Ravens are so, like, back and forth between – Maybe they're you know a good team. Maybe they maybe they are in playoff contention. To these guys got nothing. I mean I think the Raiders don't have much either. But I I mean who knows? Raiders could surprise. I mean Carr could just kind of go off out of nowhere. I mean he's been you know on and off. So it just depends on how he's doing this day um, and how the Ravens defense fares. Cause uh, Ravens defense has been the same way. Kind of just like you know one amazing game one week and bad one the next so we just have to wait and see on that one but i think maybe the raiders can uh pull a little upset and i would give them a little boost for the rest of the season yeah definitely definitely like your picks um sean yeah so uh my upset for week 12 is going to be the cowboys over the redskins the cowboys they did just beat the eagles uh 27 20 um as we said earlier tampa bay edged out um the bucks uh in pretty slow fashion so I yeah no I d- I do think uh that that performance against the Eagles uh was a sign of good times for the Cowboys. Um I I would like to point out uh that last show we actually called out the Cowboys and said, you know, the season's over. Mm-hmm. There's no going back now. The Eagles have no chance of losing this game. And uh we were definitely proved wrong. Very, very um, much so. And so I I think that I- if you look um, and how the Cowboys have been playing. Um, they haven't been playing too great. Um, they did um, get a nice win, but they before that they did lose three out of their last four games. Um, however, I want to point out that the the Redskins are definitely slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they they barely beat the Giants a few weeks ago. They lost to Atlanta, who, mind you, just lost to the Browns. Uh, and they barely beat Tampa Bay. It was 16-3, but, I mean, it was it really that big of a win? Not really. So I, I think the Cowboys, especially after getting Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper's done pretty good for them um, thus far. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more out of him, but he's done pretty good. Um, so I think I think the Cowboys can actually, you know, beat the Redskins. And I, I think the I think the Cowboys definitely not a team to sleep on. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of overreacted uh, after they lost to the Titans. Um, but I I do want to point out that the Redskins are definitely slowing down. The Redskins aren't accustomed to really being in first and no. in, in the uh, NFC East. It's been a while. Yeah, so um, I would not be surprised to see um, the uh, Cowboys take that game. Uh, locked in, I'm going to go against um, what Nick said. I actually have the Ravens beating the Raiders pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I do understand that the Ravens have been a pretty inconsistent team. Um, we thought, you know, early in the season, wow, like, you know, their defense can really take them all the way. Joe Flacco, not elite, but he's doing pretty good. Not elite. He's not, not elite. elite. We all know he's we not elite. I think Lamar Jackson's one. actually, is he playing this week? Because I know Joe Flacco's actually I really hurt. I want him to. I think he has so much potential. Same. I see a Michael Vick type figure in him. Yeah, oh, for sure. I really want to see Lamar Jackson just go off. I think, I'm not quite sure that Baltimore was the best scenario for him. I think a place like being a successor to Drew Brees would have been a good spot. Um, there was some talk about him getting drafted by the Patriots. That didn't happen. But I knew that one team was going to take him in the first round, and it just happened to be the Ravens when they moved up to the 32nd spot to take him. Um, but I, I like this guy. I really do. I, I think his potential is just through the roof. So they just got to give him the ball. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he can do. Yeah, see so if, that- I think Flacco's done. I don't really see him. You think he, he's done? I, I yeah. just, he never breaks out. Like, he's been in a, it's almost like he's been in a continuous slump. Like, he's never, like, thrown for, like, oh, 300 yards and four touchdowns. You see mediocre games out of him all the time. You never see a high QBR. I, I just don't, I think Joe Flacco has just become so mediocre since his Super Bowl win. So, I just don't so see him doing that. So you think that, say, say Lamar Jackson does start. He does pretty good. Do you think that that's a shot? Do you think, like, this could be a shot? Yes. I Definitely. think if if Lamar Jackson can prove that, you know, what a 30-second overall pick means, not to mention Drew Brees was a 30-second overall pick, <laughs> but um, he just his yeah, he's just got so much talent. This man won Heisman. You don't win Heisman for no reason. I mean, obviously it's a huge transition from college to NFL. The talent this kid possesses, it, to me, it's like no other. And, you know, we had all the hype in the draft surrounding Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. And, and none of them, except Baker Mayfield slightly, have really done anything that fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think to wipe away all those woes of all these players, all these rookie quarterbacks underperforming, is if Baltimore is truly out of contention and they feel as though they cannot make a comeback for the rest of the season, play Lamar Jackson. Whether it's a tough matchup, whether it's an easy matchup, start him. See what he's capable of. You got nothing to lose. You really don't. Yeah, so no. I, I think that's the best case scenario for him. You know, I, I think that's very interesting, actually. Uh, but yeah, I, I 
think the uh, Raiders will not win this game. Their season's been over for a very long time now. Um, I don't see I don't see the Baltimore Ravens losing this one. Um, yeah, I agree. And it'd be fantastic for Lamar Jackson to start. Mm-hmm. I hope he does very well. And uh, I think it's an interesting point that Colin brought up about uh, this being his shot. And I, I, I do agree. So that's actually really good. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, my locked in. All right. So for our last segment, we are not doing our contender pretender segment. We are not doing our most concerning Ooh. or biggest risers. We are actually <laughs> switching it up this week, making it a little more interesting. As I said before, because we are not here for Thanksgiving break, we have to cover week 12. We got to make some, you know, pretty stretch, you know, decisions on some of these games, some of these players. But um, we're going to talk about what we might see within the next two weeks about certain teams. So we're going to see who's making moves and we're going to see who's fading away. So, um, Nick. Um, so for my uh, team that's going to be rising up in the next two weeks, I got to say the Texans, man. Um, I said, like, they were definitely, you know, starting something. Um, you know, lately, uh, and I think they really just have a chance to come away with this, um, you know, in the next two weeks. I mean, their whole season, I think, is, like, it's pretty, you know, easy, the next couple games. Um, next two weeks, they play the Redskins and the Titans, uh, two games that are very winnable for this team. I mean, I think they're going to be shootouts, but it's going to be good games, and I think they could definitely pull away. After that, Browns, Colts, Jets. Eagles, sadly, uh, and Jaguars. So there's not, I mean, these are all very winnable games. They're on a six-game winning streak. They just came off a bye last week. So I think this Texan team can really show something in these next two weeks. I, I totally agree with that. I think they could easily pull away this with this division. I think, like, the Titans are definitely a wild-card team, possibly, but I think the Texans should easily pull away with this division. I don't see anything slowing them down. I really don't. No. I love this team. I'm on that hype train, too. I like the yeah. Texans, and I like the Chargers. Continue, Nick. Um, for the people that are, or the teams that are going to fade away, I got two teams. I got the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, I mean, they're both in very similar situations in the NFC East. They got the same record right now. I mean, it's one of those things that these next two weeks for these teams, it's really going to show. Or could they make a, you know, a wild card appearance? Could they take over the... Uh, you know, the NFC East itself, I mean, it's one of those things that, I mean, it's just, it really just comes down to these two games, especially. Um, especially for the Cowboys, they're playing the Redskins. Um, they play they play Dallas this week, and then they play the Redskins next week. So those yeah. are two very difficult games as far as it goes for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They play the Saints this week, but then they play the Giants next week. Yeah, so both teams, I think, are, you know, this is, I think they might either fade. Um, so, I mean, that's why I lumped them together because they're just so similar and they have such kind of like a similar schedule with two conference games. So it's like, you know, I think we'll just have to wait and see with these teams. Uh, but the, these next two weeks, I would not be surprised if they kind of just fell off the radar for playoff contention, or at least one of them did. Yeah, no, definitely. I totally agree with that. Uh, Sean? So, um, Texan boy, I actually have the Tennessee Titans gunning for the playoffs. Okay, um, definitely see that. Uh, yeah, so you remember them, the Texans? Uh, the Titans? Uh, yeah, the Titans are coming off their uh, third straight win. Uh, third straight, actually, I should say third straight fairly good week, uh, not third straight win. They are 2-1 and one mm-hmm. the past three weeks. Uh, they Who's lost the team they lost to? The Chargers, actually. Okay, okay. Uh, so that, and Understandable. not to cut you off or anything, but the reason why they lost that game, it was 20-19, could have easily kicked the extra point. But I think with how their season was going at the time, they wanted that win. So they went for the two-point conversion, obviously didn't get it. That's why they took the loss. But 
out of Mike Vrabel. I like that decision. I think that's being aggressive. Um, it's a little interesting not taking the shot in overtime, but knowing if that the Chargers were to have the ball first, I wouldn't have been if they, shocked if they had scored right away. But I like that. It, it was a ballsy decision. It, I really liked that play, although they did lose. Yeah. So 19-20 loss to a fantastic Chargers team, who I, I feel like isn't talked about enough still. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they definitely deserve a lot more than they've been given. Uh, they had a chance to knock them off, as you just said. Uh, they beat the Cowboys, like, you know, tomorrow, 28-14. And then this week, um, they beat another AFC giant in the uh, in the Patriots, that um, showing game. that the Titans, I don't think, are to mess with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the Pats 34-10, holding... Uh, Holding Brady to actually no touchdowns and actually barely allowed him to complete 50% of his passes. I think he only got 51% of his passes complete. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, The next two weeks, the Titans play the Colts and Texans, two division matchups that are must-wins in a very interesting AFC South. Must-wins if they want to win the division, I'd say. It will be close, but I think especially with the momentum they're having after, you know, beating the Patriots pretty decisively, um, they could potentially secure this spot as a AFC dark horse, in my opinion. Uh, they've already beaten the Texans once. Uh, that was early in the season. To be fair, the Texans did not look as good as they do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they ended up being 0-2 after that loss. Um, but their loss did come to, do you know the quarterback? Yeah, no. Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, it was Blaine Gabbert. I could not remember that. Blaine Gabbert. They've had multiple... <laughs> Backup quarterbacks in the last couple of seasons, so I was not 100% sure. Yeah, uh, he only threw 100 yards, but he did win the game. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I think that they can they can steal the division from the Texans. Um, it'll or be hard. It, it will for sure be hard. It, it's going to be. Yeah. I think it'll be close. As much as I like the Texans, it'll be a lot closer than I think people will think. Definitely. I think it's going to come down to this um, Week 12 game against the Texans themselves. I mean, you look at the Titans' schedule, Colts, Texans. Then they got the Jets, Jaguars, Giants, Redskins, and Colts again. Again, very beatable teams. I mean, Redskins and Texans are probably the biggest foes in that one. But, I mean, you're right. They definitely could come and give the Texans a run for their money. But I think it comes down to these yeah. uh, this 12-week uh, game. Yeah, and and if not, I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans win, obviously, the division. Yeah. Uh, but for sure a wild card team, in my opinion. Totally oh, definitely. A uh, team that I think is gone, um, I would have never said this last year, the Falcons. Um, yeah. I'm very shocked. Same. I, like, I don't I, know what happened. Injuries. Uh, that's the first thing that comes injuries, to mind. Yeah. Injuries on defense. Yeah, that's true. Um, Haven't seen really that many injuries on offense, but defense they just continue to rack up injuries and and to be fair they won their last three games before this loss and I thought okay you know maybe you know this is the team that we're used to I mean like you know as a Panther fan like I'm always afraid yeah they were they were heating up they dropped 38 points on the Redskins yeah but then who did they lose to Sean the the Browns they lost 28-16 they let Chubb run all over them Baker Mayfield had three touchdowns it was insane Um, (laughs) he was yeah dangerous to be honest, though, to be honest, though, the the Falcons' offense they did pretty good. Matt Ryan, I mean, 300 yards throwing, two touchdowns. Um, Helio Jones, 107 yards on touchdown himself. So it wasn't like they couldn't get anything going. But the the Browns, I think, just had a fantastic game, as mm-hmm. you said. Baker Mayfield woke up feeling pretty dangerous. dangerous. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> uh, so I mean, yeah, I I I didn't think they had a chance. Obviously, winning the division, uh, that we all know that. 
Yeah. Um, but um, technically they start still are in the uh, run for a wild card spot. They're only four and five. Um, it, there there are a few teams that are playing pretty average like them um, that also have a chance. But um, yeah, I I think that this is definitely it for them. Um, they play the Cowboys, Saints, Ravens, Packers. Oof, um, that's rough, man. And then the Panthers. So their their last few games are, in my opinion, pretty t- bad. I mean, like those yeah. are Absolutely. those are very tough games to win. And uh, mind you, at Saints, at Packers, and then at TD Bank against the Panthers. Those those teams are very good home. So yeah. I mean, it's gonna be tough to win those games. Mm-hmm. Um, they do also play the Cardinals and Bucks. I think those are wins, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, so they d- really have to go off, honestly, because yeah. like their division's tough. I mean, you got the Saints. I mean, I don't think they just clinched the division at this point. I think the Saints really have the yeah, division. I, I, uh, Panthers are definitely in wild card contention. I don't, uh, you know, I don't think they would, you know, stop it anytime soon. But I mean, th- yeah, the Falcons—they really just have to go off if they want a chance. But I think they're just going to fade. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so that's my uh, peace out team. <laughs> All right. Um, like for me, I got. My team making moves, my team fading away. They're actually both in the same division. But I think the team that I'm starting to see fade away, I'm, I'm not buying the Green Bay Packers at all. I don't – there's just not enough to them. They just don't seem like a complex enough team. And I think the Bears are kind of shocking the NFL world right now. Like, you wouldn't really expect a team like as young, especially as young as they are, to be 6-3 and three at this point in the season come up with some really – really big wins I, I, I'm really buying in on the Bears that defense is just so scary um, but the Packers they're just I don't see it their, their offense it just seems to be it's either a great running performance but a horrible passing for performance or the complete opposite out of them and, and their defense they haven't proved anything like yeah they beat they held Miami to 12 points but what what does Miami have to prove they've got nothing to them they're not a great team the Packers, especially with the Vikings and the Bears in the division, there, there's no. I personally do not think there's any way they come back, even for a wild card spot. I'm just not buying in on it. But the team making moves, I really think is Minnesota. I like Minnesota, you know, but they they did lose to the Saints and they lost, you know, but they were able to beat the Eagles. They they beat pretty good teams, but they also lose to pretty good teams. So they they've had their ups and downs, and for them to be able they may not clinch a you know a division title but i think they're certainly capable of getting a wild card spot but would i be shocked if they dethroned the bears from you know atop the division i wouldn't be shocked the vikings are a very mature team they're they're very different than the bears the bears are young they're raw the vikings have proven themselves as we saw last year to be a very lethal team um, Adam Thielen's just blowing up even more. Kirk Cousins has done mildly well. I, I like what I'm seeing in Minnesota, so I'm I'm definitely seeing them making moves. But yeah, again with Green Bay, they're they're fading away. So those are mine. Yeah, the, N- the NFC North will be very interesting to watch. It will come down pretty close towards the end. Um, but yeah, the young Bears team definitely be interesting to see if they can hold on, or if you know an experienced Vikings team who um, did, had a fantastic season last year can uh, bounce back and uh, steal the division. I mean, like, that would be pretty cool. be pretty cool. If yeah, absolutely. Really. <laughs> um, so that really wraps up our show. Uh, things I'd like to mention are just some games to catch this week. Um, 
we talked about it a couple times. We got the Redskins at home versus Houston. Uh, it's a big game for both division leaders. We'll see how that fares out. Uh, we got two pretty good teams. Um, great divisional matchup. We got the Bears versus Minnesota. Kind of just talked about them. Uh, both very good teams. We'll see who can top who. And uh, we have the Chiefs and Rams game. Um, it actually just got moved back to L.A. It was originally in Mexico, I believe. Yeah, Mexico it City. was in Mexico City, but due to poor conditions, it got moved back. So now it is in L.A. Um, but it's the Chiefs versus Rams, two of the most dynamic teams in the NFL. I'm personally very excited to watch that game. I wonder which team will come up with their second loss. Um, definitely excited to watch that game, and you guys should be too. And then for Week 12, um, we got all the great divisional matchups to watch, and I'm going to point out we got the Falcons at New Orleans. They tend to split every year, so would I be shocked if the Falcons won? No. But it's definitely going to be a great game to watch, especially on Thanksgiving. Um, we also have the Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. Is Aaron Rodgers due to beat a good team, or are the Vikings just going to prove them that they're not a part of this division anymore? We'll see how that goes. And then we got one of the best rivalries in NFL history. We got the Redskins at the Dallas Cowboys. Um, will the Cowboys start to come back and show maybe they're a playoff team, or will the Redskins prove that they deserve to be to the, at the top of this division? Um, so you guys should watch and find out. And just one more question. Are you down to football? 